Hey, Adam. Yeah. Are you familiar with mid-century pop? Well, I'm <laughs> I'm familiar with mid-century modern furniture, and I'm oh, I love that. Familiar? Did with... I see you at West Elm at the mall over the weekend? You may sitting have. in front of that beautiful credenza. You may have it at the Future <laughs> Antiques, yeah. And I'm also, but I'm also, I'm familiar with Taylor Swift. So is that what we're talking about? Mid-century well, modern furniture. We're not Taylor quite at Swift, the middle of this century yet. Pop. I think they're talking about last. Let, 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 let's figure that out though. That's interesting. Okay. Midnight's is overrated. Swifties rise up. I'm Adam Manis. And I'm Peter Martin. And you're listening to the You'll Hear It podcast. Music advice coming at you. Coming at you today. Sponsored by Open Studio. Peter, we're talking about mid-century pop, but let's try not to make this episode mid you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Let's, let's elevate the game, as we like to <laughs> yeah, say. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I think we will. This is one... Look, we're going to react to something that's out there that is kind of um, prescient. Prescient, yeah. Is that correct? That is not a mid word. I love <laughs> that the word mid has now like turned into like a derogatory thing. Oh, it's mid. Yeah. It's just the mid-century. That's right. Like, Middle of last century. People are going to be like, oh, 20th century was so mid. Yeah. Well, I love this term mid-century pop that I first encountered in this video. So we'll get into that maybe a little bit. But just to set things up, um, there is a video called Is Lauve Jazz that Adam Neely... Excuse me? Uh, Lauve. Got it. I believe that's the correct... That's as good as I can do right now. Um, Lauve is a wonderful young artist that I just heard... My my bad, my ignorance. Somehow I totally missed her music until I saw this video. Yeah, that I think is cool in a way, though. Like Adam Neely is one of I think the the certainly one of the better uh, music commentarians 100%. on YouTube. Yeah, and it's just getting better. I think to me this video he is, is getting really better, good, which is annoying. It Adam, is. It is a little annoying because some of his other. Yeah. I mean, I, all of his stuff's been good, but like this, I think is just he really nails it. Um, and this is normally the kind of title that I would just be like, even if I knew who it was, I would just roll my eyes. It'd be like, is Samara Joy jazz? I mean, just it's not that interesting to me, yeah. these labels and going back and We've forth. We've talked about how, and I think from our perspective, as like trying to learn the music and trying to, to just, you know, become better musicians, our stance is always like, labels aren't super helpful for that, yeah. you know? Uh, I have seen the first, I think, third or maybe half of this video. Okay. Um, I haven't seen the whole thing yet, but uh, but from what I gather from what Adam talks about in this video, though, it's more breaking down like the narrative behind some of these things. And, yeah. it, you know, like it or not, the marketing of the music of what we're playing is part of what we're doing. Right. And so when someone like uh, Lauve uh, kind of pops off and similar to like, you know, in 20 years ago when Nora Jones was popping off. Yeah. And, there was pushback about, is that jazz or whatever? Yeah. Listen, anybody who's playing real instruments and writing great songs and right. playing great songs, I don't really care what you call them. Right. But I get it how it's like the marketing of this uh, and how this like is kind of perceived by people who are outside of the community is very interesting yeah. and can be annoying for the people who are inside the community. But it's kind of like, I know, and I'm, I'm, I don't know if I'm, maybe I'm mellowing with age to this issue because the is blank jazz. Is I mean, how many Weather times are we going to see jazz? this in our lifetime where it's like it happens all the time? I know, is yeah. bitches brew jazz? Like how long is this? Is bebop jazz? Right. There, there was a time when they were saying that. Should we even use the word jazz? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah. I'm chafing to this whole is this jazz because we don't even love the term jazz either. But... It, if you think about other things, I mean, do tennis players, recreational tennis players sit, sit around and say, like, is pickleball tennis? They'd be like, no, absolutely no, it's not. 100% Do it's we not. hate pickleball? Yes, we do. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but I don't think this is coming from that. And I did watch the whole video. I made a couple of notes and some things I could maybe just take you and the listeners through that I thought were important. Just before here. we get to that, yes, I just saw one really important thing. Uh, yeah. 
I did not mean to upset the pickleball. Well, he got scared. Look are, at him. He got scared. They are there. rabid. <laughs> yeah. They are rabid. Well, just to let you know, Kelly and I are becoming close. We are pickleball curious. I think I've mentioned that before on the pod. Um, just so you know. So if that's going to be a problem for our, our musical or professional friend I don't or know personal if I can work here anymore. If you guys, We're not no, all in yet. But. It seems like a lot of fun. I'm <laughs> delaying playing pickleball the because it seems like annoying. it's something I would get addicted to. Yeah. But if you've ever played tennis in an indoor bubble, like yeah. in the winter, yeah. and you're next to pickleball courts, you might as well be next to a shooting range. Like it's the worst. Yeah, exactly. Worst. Anyway. Speaking of bubble, let's pull up Adam Neely because... Adam Neely, just like us, kind of lives in a little bit of a YouTube jazz commentary bubble, I would say. But um, let me let him sort of set up the video for don't those we all, that Peter? Seen. Don't and we look, all. look, we're going to link below to uh, this highly recommended video. That, I mean, we're one, you agree with it or not, we're one to really... talk with our clear wall behind <laughs> us where we talk jazz piano in here. That's yeah, right. Jazz. Our own little bubble. Piano, yeah. piano. Here we go. So as we all know, jazz is dying. But at least we have Loive, the Icelandic Chinese multi-instrumentalist jazz singer and songwriter who is currently dominating the jazz charts. She's very much the Nora Jones of Gen Z. If streams are to be believed, she is the most famous living jazz musician. A lot of streams. Okay, so that I okay, so that's interesting. I think that Spotify, since they're classifying her as jazz. Um, they're either doing a service, a disservice, or they're just sort of the well, algorithm is plugging in where they think she goes. How does as, that work? As you know, Spotify doesn't classify anything. Her record label or team has classified her as jazz. I think all her stuff is self-released. I don't. I don't know. Well, then she's she's classifying no, herself I, as jazz. No, but I think Spotify does. They have genres. Yeah, but you pick the genre when you upload your stuff. When do you, you, yeah, of course oh, you okay. do. Yeah. Have you? So what if you have put, you ever uploaded music on Spotify? <laughs> I mean, I think so. No, you I've do. Had like if you use it. any service that doesn't, I don't know what she's doing. Maybe so, they maybe they put her into the jazz so category. But no usually, game. you self-identify as an artist when you upload. So when it. they say here verified artist. They're not saying verified genre. Nobody's verifying that it. Like, what well, if you put heavy metal genres and say are, this is jazz? Again, genres are bullshit, so it doesn't matter. Okay, yeah. gotcha. But we here in the benighted jazz community are so thankful for our new savior. Tongue in cheek or authentic? Foreshadowing of some of his beliefs in this video. I think so. Yeah. Which is unfortunately the narrative that's currently being pushed. So and I would I like to is that the narrative is, that's being pushed. That yeah. that's what we're talking about. Like. I, to be clear, I've heard her before, like during the pandemic, I heard her when she was just like not blown up this much. Yeah. She's great. She's yeah. terrific at what she super does. Talented. Like Nora Jones. Yeah. Super talented at what she does, has a real vibe, has a real point of view. So just want to caveat, anything we say is not to diss her because she's awesome, uh, but more about the narrative around it, I think. Is, yeah. And this is whole, like they, they, there's two things. There's the, is such and such saving jazz? We've seen that story over and over. It's again. so boring. And is this jazz? Yeah. So all both are. But but you know what? It's just like you know, is pickleball killing tennis? It is interesting to people, actually. I guess I'm just so. saying. Only if you're take the opportunity in this video to very lightly push back on that narrative and put it into some badly needed historical context. Okay, so Hold that on, where's this coffee cup from? <laughs> you like that? I do like that cup. So. That's kind of the intro, and I think that you know Adam does a wonderful job. This is exactly what he does in the whole video. I'll, I'll show you a few. We're going to jump around, but he really does place this in historical context, which I think is super useful. And if some of Lauve's fans see this, I think it'll be really, really, really interesting. I mean, I learned some stuff for sure. So I'm going to jump ahead. Unless you have, do you have any thoughts so far? No, okay. uh, it's a great. But I do as a YouTuber. Yeah. This is a, this is a 
top shelf setup. Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, it's very like, look, it's how long is this video? 33 minutes. If you're going to invest 33 minutes, it's nice if what they say at the beginning is what they actually do. What they do. Yeah. It's not about if you agree with it or not. You might agree with some things or not. That's not what, I mean, yeah. let's get out of this echo chamber where everybody's like, I'm a pickleballer. I'm a tennis. You this know what I'm is saying? A, this is some inside baseball here, but that's yeah. a great cabin on the mountain for the. Shh, don't give okay, that away. Okay, don't give that away. Cool. Um, gala. We'll get to that later. Okay. Gat solos. Compare the vocal improvisation from Chet Baker's Do It the Hard Way to Loewe's solo break on From the Start. It's a little different, but you can hear some of the same things, like the arpeggiation to the flat nine on the B flat seven. Isn't that also a Dizzy Gillespie thing, too? Yeah, and from Lewis Donnelly, Armstrong, right? actually, yeah, yeah, a bunch of people have done it. But I mean, I think, yeah, and it's interesting. I don't know why he referenced specifically Chet. He might say that in the video, Chet Baker, because I think it's because Lauve had said, talked about being influenced by or whatever. So I don't think that was necessarily saying like he invented that. Um, but I think that this part is interesting because it's talking about like what makes jazz and improvisation is one of the things traditionally that we associate with jazz. So is she improvising here? Is it even important? You know what I mean? Let's keep playing. 16th note articulation, the turn. But I mean, let's zoom back. That's that's bebop vocabulary right there. And that's an audience of 5,000 in Manila singing it back to Loive as she scats Chet Baker lips. That's pretty cool actually. That's wild. Taylor Swift does bebop. What a time, man. <laughs> I mean, I'm here for that. Yeah, and so obviously it's not improvised in the sense of that, well, it could have been improvised, and then she does it the same way each time, but that doesn't make something jazz or not make something jazz in my mind. People might say, okay, there's Art Tatum versions of tunes that he played that were almost identical the next time. I don't you know think what, anyone's going to argue you know that. what we're seeing here? What? We're seeing Gen Z take like their filter through what's been done. Really? I think so. I think so. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to jump ahead a little bit here. Or do you, uh, let's keep watching this part. This part's wondering how and to I'm, make by this that, intro spicy. Sorry, by that, I mean the process of how she's probably learning how this music is unfolds oh, is from YouTube videos. Interesting. Right. Probably some of Adam's, probably some of right. ours. Like right. Probably everybody who's making YouTube videos about Bebop and about that. And you know, people this age, that's how Super they're learning everything. Right. Yeah. But so that affects... Laove and any other artists that are putting their music out there, putting their artistic vision. But for her fans, the 5,000 in Manila that are singing along probably don't have any of that reference point. No, not yet. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's interesting. Incorporating yeah. this vocabulary organically in modern pop music seems to be something that she really is passionate about. For example, check out the seven, flat seven, six, stuff. flat six, that? five, Did potential chromatic okay. line okay. and the underscoring oh, Sarah Vaughn's yeah. Misty. the melody in her own version of Misty and sings the line too much in love with this chromatic line. I mean, that's very Sarah Vaughn-esque. I know he's going to have Ella Fitzgerald here. Jazz greats have used similar chromatic vocabulary on the tune. So, okay. 
obviously she's taking these things. She's got a beautiful voice. She's taking some very specific uh, vocabulary that a vocalist would do that is kind of improvisational, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and But then placing it in, you know, kind of this modern context that's a real throwback mm-hmm. kind of a thing for a lot of things beyond just these specific harmonic things that he's pointing out or that we would hear, you know, you know things like that that evoke another time the same way with her clothes and the lyrics and all these kind of things so there's definitely a nostalgia part to it as well but i think for us as musicians we look at that and we're like oh that's just that descending diminished to the major like does it actually mean anything in terms of like is this jazz is this mid-century pop like he's going to put forward i i don't i think what it means is it evokes this time period right you don't hear modern pop singers do a lot of that yeah, the way that Ella yeah. would do that, right? So it evokes that whole, and I'm sure there's actually some pop standard singers or mid-century pop, or whatever you want to call it, right? That do this a similar thing, but that's very Sarah Vaughnish the way she sang it specifically, right? Absolutely. Okay, so that brings up a good thing. We're going to jump now to sort of how. Ooh, look who's heading. Oh, Whitney shows up here. Wind. Okay, great. Okay, so we're going to jump to the question of. Okay, so her young. I, I, spoiler alert: she has a lot of young fans, mm-hmm. as you would expect. Mm-hmm. Um, do they not do they catch these references but when they're hearing this like is this a connector to the culture that Lauve is providing to her young Every time you say her name it's a tightrope walk. (laughs) Right it is but I mean like there's a connection to the culture i.e. jazz you know um, and then there's there's also like the picking out a little bit. It's like, well, this oh, is I'm a I'm, chef. Give me a little bit of these Thai this spices. This is what I'm saying. So if you take someone who's our age, right, like yeah. Harry Connick, right, who I would say is someone who's certainly crossed over. Old AF. In, <laughs> old AF. <laughs> uh, he's certainly crossed over into a pop yes. realm yeah. several times. I mean, I actually just watched the other night when Harry met Sally for the first time in like 10 years. Yeah. It was on uh, Max or whatever. And it was, first of all, it's a hilarious movie. It's a funny movie. It's a great, it's yeah. probably the best rom-com of all time. It's got to be, yeah. right? Rob Reiner's I hated every rom-com unbelievable. after that. <laughs> but uh, music's killing. Yeah. Harry's killing. Oh, yeah. Crushing. Mark Shaman did, uh, did all the arranging Did all the arrangements, all the orchestration. Bad cat. But so Harry is, I would say, like, in the same, you know, like the same stratosphere as this, as, as Lauve, right? As the same, like, we're going, we're crossing over, we're taking from the past. However... Here's what is the difference. It is the digital age, right? Right. So Harry, the only way to get that is through connection through people like Ellis Marsalis. Yeah. Right? And the people in New Orleans that he grew up just around physically. Yeah. And yeah. while you said uh, Lauve went to Berkeley, so there obviously is still a connection to the lineage and the musicians that are there, you can, with everything at your fingertips and everything just a YouTube click away, find anything right. and develop and like cultivate your style. It's almost a little bit removed from the generations, like there's like one step further, yes. we're further step removed. By the way, this is not a criticism. This is no. how things go, right? Yeah. This is how it goes. So now she's probably what, a generation or two generations younger than Harry Connick right. if she's Gen Z? Yeah, yeah. One, one generation. Right, so there's a generation, there's millennials between, he's Gen X, right? Yep. So like, yeah, of course it's gonna be a little bit uh, detached from Harry Connick who is like, I believe studied directly with Ellis, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Since he was young, and James Booker, and James Booker, yeah. right? So though, like those cats were like from the from the the generation that made yes. all the stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's just interesting. It's just really, really right. interesting. Well, and I think too that there's like 
you know, this general Gen Z, and we've seen this in looking at some, and, and, and again, this is not Gen, I don't even remember which one, which generation, actually, young folks yeah. co- coming up in the music now, you know, anywhere from nine years old up to 30 or whatever you want to say arbitrarily, but it's like they have such a closer connection in some ways to like hearing every version of phrasing over sure. Misty immediately and from studying this stuff and getting that without having to go or be able to see Ella Fitzgerald. Diane Reeves sings some of this stuff. She doesn't necessarily do that, but, but she, she got it. Yeah, she also like sat and subbed for Ella Fitzgerald when she couldn't make a gig when she was a teenager in Denver and had to literally step into her shoes. It, you know, it's, it's, it's just a different time. It's almost like... Um, the further away you get from sort of the source material, you're kind of picking and choosing your vibe that you want to take from a wider swath. So like Lauve has like, she has Nora Jones and Harry Connick and people like that to pull from. And, and from the seventies and from the sixties, whereas Harry Connick growing up in the seventies and the early eighties only has really the sixties and the fifties and the forties to pull from, from his sort of language, you know, a little bit earlier, but like, that sort of tradition is much more like linear straight through. It's interesting. And then he takes that and becomes this huge pop star, you know, doing that thing. But this is a, it's almost like a different, it's a different connection to the, to the, it's still, I think, rooted in like, in the language of the music. But right. it's just like a, 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 there's a, a little bit more space between it. It's interesting. Right. I think the corollary with Connick might be a, a little bit, um, you know, like say he had that Frank Sinatra influence you can hear a lot. But because I think he's always been connected with the jazz culture, that that prism with which he brings that Sinatra thing in is kind of actually kind of like Sinatra did as he moved along where he started as, as and I'm no Sinatra expert, but I'm, from the recordings I've heard, the early ones, actually there's a quote, uh, there, there's a reference to that in this video where it's very like not connected where you wouldn't be like, that's jazz. But then obviously Sinatra yeah. with Basie at the Sands. He was and doing it on, all too. Yeah. He, was he like brought, pop star he learned that cult. Like yeah. he brought that into his thing. Whereas like Connick was kind of coming out. So it's almost like anything you do, you're not going to move that far from the jazz culture. But I think for the, for the thing of like, is Lauve going to save jazz? And this whole question that keeps coming up, or is it Nora Jones, is like, are the fans that hear her do, you know, singing Misty and loving that? I think people, what the jazz people want to know is like, are, is she going to tell them, go listen to Ella Fitzgerald. I got this from Sarah Vaughn. Here, listen to these things. I mean, does she have to, you know, that's not for her to do. And, and in any case, I think that should come directly from the music. I don't think that happens as much as we think it does. No. You know what I mean? Where it's like they're becoming jazz fans. No, they're just becoming Lauve fans, which is fine. I mean, that's all she's responsible to do. Although, I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe not. Well, let's, let's keep going. Here. Yeah. Keep okay. Going. So I'm sure Adam's going to make more salient points than we're ever making. Well, and this, you know, he does great because he brings in other people to make points. But this is to the, to the point we're just talking about in terms of young people. Um, and is jazz even for young people? So this is a little bit of a controversial quote that I remember Winton saying, but this well, is a long Listeners time of jazz, consumers of the music, there is in fact an act of hostility towards youth culture. When I'm giving clinics, a kid will ask me, what about re- relating us? What about appealing right. us? I have to tell them, look, adults don't appeal to children. Levy talks about this. For young people to relate to music, um, they want to hear music made by people their age. Jazz is a music that I think is best experienced live in a small club. The vast majority of small clubs, you have to be over the age of 21 to enter. TikTok. So he gets into this whole thing that at first I was kind of like, uh, okay. And then I'm like, 
well, that's kind of, you know, what Winton's saying is pretty like harsh, but I'm also like, to be fair, that's, I mean, Winton looks like he's 25 years younger in that thing. And he probably yeah. is. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he was already the director of, you, you know, the head of uh, Jazz and Lincoln Center, the founder of it. I'm not and, sure what he's getting at though, of like, I, I, I well, he comes I would, back and shows some more quotes. It's more about like jazz isn't for young people, got it. you know, but I think maybe what a little bit of a disconnect. But Bam is for the children. I'm just saying. Exactly. But, but this is the thing. Like also, I think to be fair to Winton, he was talking more like there's a difference between a 23-year-old, yeah. 24, and I'm not sure, Lauave is somewhere around there. Or even like an 18-year-old and a 10-year-old. And a, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, are we making music that's going to appeal to a 13-year-old? you know, in terms of jazz. Well, do, that is probably not what the target market of that is. And then you look at something like what she's doing, and it is. So is that going to connect a 13-year-old that loves Lauerbach's music to Ella Fitzgerald? Probably not. This is where I think, like, this just becomes a lot of pointless, a, a lot of pointless thinking about stuff that doesn't ever matter for... I agree. I, I'm always selfishly relating it to making music. Right. And you know, getting a direct feed from the music that's in my heart, that's in my soul out Agreed. to people. Agreed. And this just doesn't help. It just okay. confuses the matter because then you start thinking about like, well, should I be making for this? Should I be doing this? It doesn't matter. Right. Doesn't well, let me matter. jump to a Make part Make what you love. Lauve or Winton, do whatever you want. <laughs> All Honestly. Right. All right, we're going we're gonna to pull Adam off the brink here and get into something that I think I agree with you. Let's well, these, move. Are, these are fun discussions, but as a player, it's, it, it muddles the waters a little bit. So this next part kind of gets into this mid-century pop, pop idea, which I was super interested in, and some recordings that I really liked, and I think hits on a good thing here, an interesting point, at least. Identity. One of the questions that needed to be answered is, why is Miles Davis doing Someday My Prince Will Come part of this tradition? And why is Judy Garland doing Someday My Prince Will Come Love some not part of my the tradition? the same music, same melody, same harmony. Is it just because Miles Davis is black? Well, that doesn't seem right at all because there are plenty of non-black musicians who've contributed to the culture Cue of black obligatory music. Bill Evans video. <laughs> Got a video coming Alongside up about this whole Doc thing too. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. So I think that this is a valid and interesting point and something, you know, that we think about that most people in the GP, the general public, will associate music kind of like we were doing earlier with the repertoire. So it's like, okay, you're a singer singing Misty. Are you going to reference Ella Fitzgerald? Are you going to reference Sarah Vaughan? Are you going to do your own thing? Well, it doesn't matter. That's a jazz song. So you're going to be singing jazz because you're singing Misty. Who cares, though? <laughs> okay. <laughs> now, I'm, now I've turned and I'm indignant to this whole subject. Like, really? What does it matter, any of this? What does it matter? Well, I think for, it doesn't matter for you and for me, but we're from a privileged place in our little walled garden here as creators of this music. I mean, as, you know, not creators of the music, as participants in the ongoing creation of the music and like coming up with stuff. But I think for people that listen to the music and try to define it and be like, oh, I like jazz or I like this, they do get caught up in like, this is what the repertoire, or it's in a jazz club, or it's at a jazz festival, so that makes it jazz. And I think it is an interesting thing to be like, hold on a second, nothing wrong with this or this, but is that really what it is? Is that part of the culture, so to speak? I feel like, yeah, I, I understand why people dig into labels a lot, but to me, this is where they start failing us, because it is just a matter of finding a community of people who share the same values that you do about art or life or whatever, and that could be for music or sports or or whatever whatever cultural food like we're just finding our community essentially right, right? so there, to me this is where like if you start to really 
you know, dig deep into labeling things and then gatekeeping those labels, it really just, you're just adding a pile of crap onto your brain about what you should be doing and what you should be experiencing as opposed to just like, you know, like trusting your gut as far as when you hear something, like what does it do to you, you know? Right. I think. I got you. I got you. Okay. So let's move on here. Sorry, to... I didn't mean to kill your episode. No, but... no, 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 no. It's good. We, we, we want to move things along anyway. So he's got some great quotes from different people. But I, at, at this point, I was definitely thinking about Samara Joy because I was like, wow, okay, we're dancing around. Like, is she saving Jazz Loive? But I'm like, I think I heard that come up as direct questions to Samara Joy. Now, Samara Joy, friend, friend of ours, she was actually just in Open Studio a couple months ago. She's amazing. And, um, you know, I, I think... But but it's always like a dangerous thing to put that on anybody, especially a young person that's out here just doing their thing. But there is something. Let me just jump to this and then we'll talk about it, because the reference did came up, come up in here, which I was glad it would because it would have just been a glaring omission. Otherwise. By the way, this whole thing, collaborate Obama's, so far. Boom. I feel like Adam Neely is just crushing this whole subject. Like he's doing a great job. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It's a, it's, it's a tightrope walk and he's- Greatest musicians sure. like Wayne Shorter, for example. Because jazz was struggling. Like I know this was done out of ignorance, but it is genuinely strange to show Esperanza Spalding yeah, of all people as an example yeah. of failure. Yeah. You know, but Esperanza is not the only savior of jazz. Exactly. There have been many others. Like a couple months ago, for example. Yeah. And the Grammy goes to Samara Joy. Samara Joy won Best New Artist at this year's Grammys. She is another young Gen Z phenom, deeply inspired by Ella Fitzgerald, another great jazz vocalist of the past. Samara Joy. She, like Loive, has done the circuit of late night shows and has a beautiful singing voice that seems completely removed from the popular style of today. But most importantly, AI Patrick has covered her work. That gets into some funny stuff. Okay, so we'll pause it right there for that beautiful visual. Okay, so my question to you, Adam. Yeah. Samara Joy. Yeah. Is Samara Joy jazz? Yes. Okay. So why is that such an easier, quicker, you might not think it's an important question, but like what is, I think, interesting, if not important, it's certainly interesting, is what are those like shared values for the community, for the jazz community that jump off for you? Because you're really good at like hearing stuff and connecting it, I think, in an organic way that's interesting. I mean, first of all, again, labels don't really matter. But no. yes, I would consider her more in that, again, if we consider genres as a collection of people, not as a sound, right? Right. So if we can get out of and genres... And by people, do you mean artists and listeners and like... Yes, actually, and even I mean just human beings, like blips, gather around something. blips of awareness here in our universe that yeah. happen in a very short time scale that have share similar values, at least in a common time frame, right? Yep. And she fits into that community where she's, you know, she's at Newport Jazz Festival. She's got a trio that's swinging and improvising and yeah. certainly rooted in the foundations. There's a direct lineage that you can have vocally with what she's doing, her repertoire. And I realized that Loive is has a repertoire and her voice is beautiful, but she's dressing it up in a different way yes. that is not so much connected with the, what you might call the community of people that you would define as jazz. Right. Right. And that's not, it has nothing to do with uh, age or race or, or where you are in the world or anything like that, but it is a shared set of values musically, artistically and aesthetically that you can just, you know it when you hear it, you yeah. know it when you see it. And I know? think that, you know, and, and, and Adam Neely, what? The way she, the way that the two would use bebop language, right? right. 
the way that there's a crowd singing bebop language because it's repeated every single time in the same place yeah. is not what would happen at a Samara Joy concert. Yeah. Um, you know, Adam Neely brings up, well, he brought it up in the, at the very beginning of the video and he comes back to it, the gatekeeping of jazz and how he's saying he doesn't want to do that, but then he kind of does that and he's a little bit tongue in cheek or at least he has some pretty good self-awareness about that, I would say. Um, and we talk about that not wanting to do that a lot, but I think that this type of discussion, it's not what that we're saying Samara Joy is jazz and, you know, Loewe is not jazz, but it's more about what are the shared values? Like, how do people come in? Because sometimes people come in and out. We were talking earlier about Nat King Cole, and it's like, is Nat King Cole a jazz singer? And I immediately was like, yes. And I think you were thinking more like, well, he's he became an incredible pop singer, more of a mid-century pop, if that's a thing. Nat you know? King Cole is a jazz musician, yeah. First and foremost. I mean, he's his playing is, I mean, he's in that tradition. Yeah. 100%. Jazz singer, too. But if you hear him just But if you, doing, he has made pop records. Right. That are not in that same tradition. Right. And I think that's what's a beautiful thing about, I think, the way we're talking about this and addressing this issue. Because normally we just run away from, is this, we're like, oh, that doesn't matter, we don't even like jazz. But to, But to be able to sort of define or at least get into the areas of what the jazz culture is. What is the jazz community? More from like a standpoint of like what are the things that we love but also observing other people. Like how do you how do you define what a tribe of people around the world because that's what's such a cool thing about this. Totally. About anything. It's yeah. like oh I'm a hockey like you're a hockey person. I'm not a hockey person. But I love seeing like hockey people. I can see them around town. I, they might be wearing a blue shirt or whatever but it's like it's a shared culture. It's a shared values. It's It has its own language and I'm not just talking about the musical language. A way of talking about it and stuff. And I think that somebody like Louisville you know, at a minimum, she's definitely going in a little bit into the jazz world with, you know, boo boo doo bee doo bee doo boo boo, which is cool. Like, we don't need to define and be like, she's only 4% jazz and she's not. Or to me, it isn't that interesting of that. But it is interesting to see, like, when people that have huge followings or are superstars. I mean, it'd be like if Taylor Swift goes on the Super Bowl halftime show and sings Misty. Like, that's going to be sort of interesting to jazz people. Right. You know, because it's like, wait, what the hell is going on here? Is that jazz? Or, or what does that mean for jazz? Like, what is that kind of cultural reference point? Probably won't mean anything. It's just it's singing a song. not jazz, and it doesn't mean anything for jazz. Right. Yeah, it's, but again, it does, none of that really matters to me. And this is where, like... Oh, I can tell. I only have a point <laughs> where I want to actually, like, spend any energy with this. Yeah. Because it is so easy to get caught up. I think our... I think our, our minds, our primitive minds, right, that come from like, you know, people call it the lizard brain or whatever. Yeah. We love categories and boxes and we love to label people and yeah. things because it makes us feel safe and it makes us feel like, oh, we're secure because we now have a boundary on this thing. Yeah. But the truth of all existence is way messier and way grayer than any of this, right? There's like no like severe boundary. And so I personally like we'll start pushing back on just even thinking like this because because of my own tendency to like I'll go deep on this and like really try to think my way through this and like okay well if I categorize this and then I can become this and maybe if I should well if I'm gonna do this I should do it like this and I've just found that's just like a creativity killer man that just like stops yeah. me in my tracks it makes me not want to make stuff because I'm too worried about how it's going to, would Charlie Parker like it? No one cares. <laughs> like, just make what is in your heart that you want to hear in the world. You know what I mean? And and let it go. Let, let it be after that. Right. That's my goal. And I don't achieve that. But the more I spend time thinking about what is jazz, the more I want to uh, 
like you know roll this piano out in the traffic and just <laughs> let it let it hit and never on that note please tune in next week as we do volume two part two of this episode what is jazz a deeper dive <laughs> i want to say are we are we wrapping this up yeah but what, real quick though one thing with adam's video that i think yeah. you nailed that i've i haven't seen from the video but i've seen other people posting clips from it is the live at emmett's place okay that me- to me is like a great definition so here's where yeah, like he a younger a cool jazz thing. community actually exists that is they all know about Thelonious Monk. They all know about Charlie Parker. Right. Right. And I think to be in that shared ideals, shared values, yeah. you have to have a set of common, you know, basically like ancestors that yeah. we're all sort of, you know, dipping from the well of. Yeah. And Duke Ellington, Charlie Parker, you know, Miles Davis, Thelonious Monk, like these people that have created what we're all what we're all inspired by. Yeah. And Emmett's place is live in his place is a perfect example. No, he does a that, great breakdown of that and and sorry, go ahead. No, I'm just saying this is where I think Adam nailed it with this video. Yeah, we'll make we'll make that the last clip because I have one of those. Um and I would just say that I think he I mean I learned something from that. And Emmett was just here what a couple of weeks ago doing a course for yeah, us yeah, in yeah, the yeah. studio. And I didn't even realize that uh and I learned this from the Adam video that a lot of young musicians coming up have been watching Emmett's place. I mean, I knew that, but they're like talking about the different soul. Like that's becoming part of their shared experience for learning new stuff. That's great. And like, man. oh, did you hear Sean Jones did this thing? I learned the solo on that. And he brings up a thing of like, you know, a lot of people be like, well, because of the pandemic, there's not as many places to play or I'm not 21. How? I mean, we used to go through this when I used to go up to Cicero's. Like we, you know, we were friends with the, the guy, one of the guys who worked there. And he let us in the back door because we weren't old enough. And I wanted to see P. Todd Williams. That's the age old thing of like, how do you get in? I mean, Tony Williams couldn't get into the clubs to play because yeah. he was under 18. His own gig. <laughs> His gig with Miles Davis. Yeah. But that's an age old thing. But Adam Neely kind of turns that on its head and is like, well, if you if there aren't any clubs where you are, whatever, look what you do have access to. It's this true. sort of living new jazz club and a lot of old people be like well that's not the same as being in there with the with the you know the old thing but you know what everything's different now you know it's like let's move on no this is what i'm saying kind of with the loyve thing too it's like how you do it is gonna change right but like the spirit of where of where it comes from is great and i believe i I don't want to speak you can watch the whole video but i believe adam even kind of makes a thing to loyve it's like if you do want to get because I guess there was a clip on there where she was talking about playing at this jazz club in Japan. And she's like, this is actually my first time ever playing in a jazz club. And he's kind of like, you know, wow. Like, But she was approaching it more from the, the standpoint of like, you hear the glasses clink, clink, and all, like all the things that are around. You oh, know, she was like, it's a feature. It's a feature. She's like, oh, this, this is going to sound like these old jazz records. Yeah, this is what yeah. I'm saying, man. Like, it's detached and that's a valid from- thing, but that doesn't connect you with the culture. No, I mean, she obviously didn't grow up in uh, in <laughs> basement bars in St. Charles where, yeah, there's clinking glass because people are throwing glasses at each other. And you are playing Mustang Sally. It's not quite. So, not Loewe, quite welcome to the club. I hope you enjoyed the Blue but, Note Tokyo. <laughs> but, but it is interesting because, you know, that is still most people's, you know, and we turn our, roll our eyes, but maybe we shouldn't as much to like the GP, general public, potential jazz fans or whatever that come. I mean, most people, they come, especially if they're young to a jazz club because they're trying to impress their date and they want to hear some clinkling of glasses and seem classy AF, you know? And then the music they get there, they're like, wow, this is boring jazz. Just like on the office episode when he said, let's have boring jazz for three hours, you know? Um, No, 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 that's, Okay, no, I've gotten rid of all the office clips, and it's now it's just animals. Great. All right, let's jump here into this Emmett's Place uh, reference, because I think I've what got is this? it on this here. This is like a 45-minute really long like episode. Glasses clinking in the background, oh, there you go. And like <laughs> forks and knives like scraping, like the, probably like against the steak or something against steak. plates. You can hear the same like 
ASMR approach to the recording the that places you in the jazz really club good. with Esperanza Spalding and Fred Hirsch, Fred Hirsch on their Esperanza record Spalding. at the Village Vanguard. It's a great record. That's at the bar. Clinks, conversations, which makes this comment by Leve feel Leve. just a little bit odd to me. And it sounds so like it really just transports you, just transports you, just transports you. Hold on, wait a second. Transports you to win or... Okay, let me just say this. I think this might be a little unfair, just in my opinion, in terms of, yes, you know, um, you, maybe there's a disconnect that he's showing there, but it's also like, let's have some grace on you, like young folks coming up. Like, shit is different now. Yeah, for you sure. You know what I mean? And like, I've had great young artists, Sarah Hanahan, you know, who's playing with in my new band, I'm, and, and just different musicians that I've come into contact, especially through the Betty Carter Institute at Kennedy Center, Betty Carter Jazz Ahead, I should say. The general sentiment there is just like, we want to have what you guys had when you were coming up. And, you know, it's it's a kind of a knee-jerk reaction I'd had before. It's like, well, just create it like we did. But the infrastructure is no, different. The not. things aren't there. We look at, it's always like, the, we look at like, wow, but you've got YouTube. I by wish the I way, that. by the time we were coming up, it was already different. <laughs> I remember <laughs> I like moving to New York and a pianist who was a little older than me been like, yeah, I used to have like a gig for a month, five right. nights a week at a club in Long Island. Uh, Kayla, put that visual back up again. We're going to watch. But look at this. This is almost an inner two different gender. Look at how Adam's looking and how, you know, there's that too. Like, let's not be like that between gender. And oh, he's not. so and he's not. Adam's a millennial. And as Gen Xers, we can say, Adam, welcome. <laughs> we did this with you. That's You'll right. do this. Now you're doing it. Look, <laughs> yeah. look, look at that. Eventually, Loive will have a video looking at Gen, uh, what is it, Alpha? Uh, we don't, we don't like, know what's yeah. going on. Um, but anyway, <laughs> Adam, great. I did not set this up, but I did get lucky with that. Let's keep going. Air exactly. A different time, a different place, because, you know, the Village Vanguard never went away. It's That's still true. in the West Village. It's still sold out, like, every night. You can yeah. go there right now and experience all the glamour of this music for yourself. And, you know, you don't need to Let's go meet to up a at the different December, decade to experience this music. Young people never stopped making it. Better yet, if you're under the age of you 21 go. and you're not in New York City... You can just tune in to Live from Emmett's Place. Welcome to Emmett's Place. How's everyone doing tonight? Live from Emmett's Place is an ongoing Roxy live concert Cost. series held in the living room of pianist Emmett Cohen's Harlem apartment. The musicians are extremely talented. They play classic tunes, they joke around, and play music steeped in the jazz tradition. Yeah, this is great. These are great It's old music played with modern like, sensibilities yeah. and has garnered a huge following from people around the world, first exposed Damn. to, in my humble opinion... What was that, Winard Harper? Real jazz. And it's very pop. He said, check mark, real jazz. It's good. I mean, I, he's, this is all a bit, obviously, tongue-in-cheek for that kind yeah. of stuff with the check mark, but it's true. This is the community we're talking about, right? Yeah. This is like the genre. If a genre is a group of people, Live at Emma's Place displays that group yeah. of people. And it's not one is better Or than a particular group of people with a shared set of values and, yeah. and, and uh, the same well. Like, yes. And I love just that, like, the music's alive. Not because of Emma's Place, not because of you know, Samara Joy, because of all this kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, Loive probably just a teeny little part of that, and that's okay, you know, or maybe it's more, maybe it's less or whatever. But I think that that I do, it's a great video, highly recommend it. Um, shout out Adam Neely. And, um, you, you know, I just think it brings up interesting issues. And I love the term mid-century pop. I can tell you're shaving hype. But you know what? I love mid-century architecture. I don't know if you do. I grew up watching the Brady Bunch, sir. I do love some you, You're a little bit young for that, so. I remember the Brady Bunch. It was you in, remember it it was in reruns. Yeah, 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 exactly. I was right. watching it in real time. Are we done? We are done. This is <laughs> the longest. This is the record, Caleb. I think we have the longest episode ever. Yeah, dude, you've had that that feeling since we were two minutes in, though. <laughs> what do we do? We solve any problems, Peter? 
Well, let me just, I'm going to ask you one question. You're going to answer it, yes or no, and then we're going to finish. Oh, no, we're not. Gala. Gentlemen and ladies agreement. Now, anybody who gets to this long ass episode to the end, you got to put, like, what are they going to put? What are they going to put? Look at him. We've lost him. We've lost him. Don't put gala. Put gala times 10. We're going to 10x gala. Gala times 10. Because that means, even if you've done it before, what is gala? What does that mean? It means the sorry, I'm all messed up. It means the gentlemen and ladies agreement. Yeah. So we make this video. Yes. Sometimes we make them shorter. Sometimes it doesn't matter. They're always they're not always free. high quality. Yeah. And, and not free. Not free. A lot of people think this is free. It is not free. No. What is the payment? You're required? on YouTube. You're watching. You haven't paid anything yet. So you're about, you, you're about to. What are they about to pay? Bedhead. Um, Can I put a little, little score under here, please? You need to subscribe right away. If you're not on YouTube, go to YouTube. You don't have to watch us, but you need to subscribe. And you need to put in the comments. We got to know who's listening all the way to the end. We don't want to go in and look at the stats on YouTube. We ain't, and nobody got time for that. So please go in and put comment. All you have to do is GALA, G-A-L-A, all caps, times 10. Until, Until next, next time. time. <laughs> You'll hear.